Hi, and welcome to I Could Murder a Cocktail. I'm Connor. I'm Molly. And I'm Ellie. And we love talking about murder and drinking alcohol, so we thought we'd combine them into a podcast just for you, our one listener. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> you. You. Me. <laughs> you know who you are, mum. <laughs> my mum's sat there pointing at her chest like... <laughs> So today we're going to be covering the death of the Sodder children. Disappearance of the Sodder children. Ah, the disappearance of the Sodder children. And what we'll be drinking is the fire and brimstone. So the ingredients are red jalapeno or Fresno chili. Decent and chopped it says, but you know, seeds if you're nasty. <laughs> Del Maguey Vida Mezcal. I, I didn't buy that mezcal. Just I just mezcal. bought mezcal. Bargain mezcal. <laughs> Not bargain mezcal. No mezcal is bargain. <laughs> the Cointreau infused with Earl Grey. Which is like my dream. It does sound... I'd like to try it by itself at some mm. point. Uh, lemon juice, orange bitters, and agave syrup. What... If I wasn't here with you guys, I'm not going to lie, at least 93% of these ingredients would be swapped out for something completely different. Oh, I mean, like, the only reason I picked this one was because... We'd be together and we'd yeah. have the ingredients. and I yeah. thought it's enough, like, for us collectively to have the ingredients. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, when we did it virtually, pretty much every episode was, like, vodka, vodka simple tonic. syrup. <laughs> 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 so it's like, how basic can you be? And all of us like, I can't really afford to buy the pineapple juice we need, so <laughs> I've put orange juice in it instead. Oh, all of us, or Connor. Or oh, Connor right. going, I didn't have um, the right ingredients, so I've got four different gins. So I'm just drinking peach snaps <laughs> on the rocks. Or swinging by from miles and miles away to pick up a little jar of alcohol from the porch here. <laughs> like the saddest little... I left your alcohol in the porch for you. I have apportioned you one alcohol. <laughs> like we're in the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, because people travel miles for one shot. <laughs> that's, you know, if we were in the apocalypse right now, that's what we'd do. It would be our kind of first port call, be like, right, what alcohols do we have? The first thing we'd do is get on this podcast, drink a lot, and be like, ah, oh, what shit this is, eh? <laughs> Ah, the death. Everywhere now. We're here to talk about the death of all of us. (laughs) We will really only have one listener at that point. (laughs) It probably still will be my mum, probably. (laughs) She's very resilient. (laughs) Should we give this a taste? Yes. I'm intrigued by it. I'm scared. The initial smell is very smoky. Oh. Are you not sure? I don't know. Is all mezcal smoky or is it just... I think I think that's the point of it, I'm guessing. Mezcal. I love the... Like, you get... I don't really like the smoky, but you get loads of smoky, 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 a bit of sweet from the orange, and then you get like a... Right a really back good throat, a kick of mm. jalapeno. I love the jalapeno in it. Guys, you have to like this mezcal because it's in another cocktail in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, the description of mezcal is the smokier, hotter cousin of tequila. That sounds like That's, me. Why do I not? <laughs> this is, yeah, it does sound like some kind of nickname in prison, isn't it? Is it like, <laughs> hey, this is tequila and I'm mezcal because I'm smokier and hotter. <laughs> in a very lesbian prison somewhere in America. <laughs> <coughs> I can't get my head around it. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I, I really like it. I think it's because the smokiness reminds me a bit of... Um, cheese. Yeah, smoked cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got the sweetness, which is then quite confusing, and the spiciness. So it's, it's I think it's the, the concept of it, which is weird. Every time I go in, I expect it to taste different. Mm. Yeah. But it's not. And then I'm like, smacked in the face with smoke. Mm. Roundhouse kick to the throat with jalapenos. No wonder you like, like it, Elle. Like, now you're on to... Um, no, you're onto the vape pen. <laughs> this is like it's having just, a fag. <laughs> it really is. It's like eating a fag and someone punching you in the throat. That's what it tastes like. Sounds like a brilliant Friday night for me. I don't hate it, I'm not going to lie. I just think that... The, I keep saying concept of it. The, um... <coughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's the smokiness. If that doesn't tell you how smoky it is... <laughs> that was so bad. 
some of it in my nose or something. I'm going to go again. <laughs> Molly's crying now. Thanks, Molly's crying. Do you know why I think I like it? It reminds me of some whiskeys. Yeah. I think that's why I like it. It just reminds think, yeah. me too much of cheese. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Just, what? It's not concept. I keep saying concept. The Composition. No. Maybe it begins with... Maybe it does begin with C, though. So maybe it does begin with C. Um, what? Describe it. Yeah, describe you, the you word just, you're trying to use. You context. Just it. It's the context. It's these flavours in this form, which is weird. It's like... Yeah. Like having a Bloody Mary. It's like, well, I like ketchup. And it tastes vaguely like it ketchup. It does not taste like ketchup. It does. It tastes it like that posh ketchup. ketchup that you can get that's like... It doesn't taste like ketchup. It tastes like ketchup. No, it doesn't taste like ketchup. Just said it just tasted like ketchup. I saw. Oh, I show you after. I saw. A My consensus is I fucking hate it. What this? Yeah. See, I don't oh. hate it. I like the taste of it. I just find where it is strange. Do you want to make something else? Don't understand. Like I really, I don't like it, but I can't put my finger on what I don't like. I think it's probably because the smoke. <clears throat> yeah, I. You're not a big like. Well, I don't eat smoked cheese either. That's because it's smoky. <laughs> it's not supposed to be. Right? I love smoked cheese. Okay, well, after that six-minute detour about smokiness, let's talk about a fire. Sorry, guys, you're in for a depressing one, obviously, because it's my week to pick. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Are you ready, kids? I, I, Captain. <laughs> Just really depressed. Okay, so uh, George Sodder, 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 Jesus Ellie, with two words in. George Sodder was born Giorgio Sodu in Italy in 1895. He emigrated to the US when he was 13, met and married a woman called Jenny Cipriani. Uh, she was also an Italian immigrant. They moved together to Fayetteville, which is in West Virginia, I think, but I seem to have deleted the line where I said it was in West Virginia. There we go. Um, <laughs> Molly made me edit. Um, so it has, so this town that they moved to, they moved to it partly because it had a really big Italian population. Um, so they had their first child in about 1923 and they were regarded as a well-respected middle-class family in the area. Um, but George had very strong opinions about lots of subjects and like wasn't shy about telling everyone. Particularly, wasn't a big fan of uh, Mussolini, which I think is, you know, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. We understand it. Um, but that caused some issues in the Italian community that they lived in because some people didn't think he was so bad. Was it? Just for clarifying, Mussolini was, was the fascist, right? Yeah. yeah. Quite weird, isn't it? If you've moved to America, which is a democracy in some respects. In, in uh, yeah. theory, yeah. a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, getting angry with people don't like Mussolini. Well, mm. I, I, re- I hate when people say this, but in that case, why wouldn't you just go home? If you were like keen on Mus- the way Mussolini did things, in a country where... Yeah, where you could kind of live in... But I I assume it's kind of people like the concept of, yeah. like, sort of the, the fascist state and what it stands for. Mm. But having to live under it, I don't think people like so much. Yeah. Oh, my God, that fly is so tiny. Look, it's like a baby. Oh, how cute. Sorry, no, it's just the sound it was making earlier. I thought it was going to be massive. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's just a baby. Keep my maternal instincts going. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I wasn't a big fan of Mussolini. Um, So much so that people started kind of making comments. So in October 1945, a visiting life insurance salesman warned George that his house would go up in smoke, your children will be destroyed. And said that that was directly in response to the dirty remarks you've been making about Mussolini. I also don't get why people get like, 
when people get like so offended about someone you like. Yeah. Sure, you know I mean, like, I really like David Bowie, but if someone says I don't like him, I'm not gonna go. Well, I'm gonna set your house on fire and kill your children. <laughs> you know, you just go. Okay, I do. Get over it. Like, why are you? Mm. Why are you getting so invested? Like. Yeah. Political opinions are really weird. People get so into them, don't they? And it's yeah. Like... Yeah, you see, like, at Trump rallies, someone could go, like, oh, I, I'm not a massive fan of Trump. And it's like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you all family. Like, no. Mm. It's like, all right, just calm get down. over it. You have different opinions. Yeah. I mean, fascist dictators do that to people. <laughs> yeah. We're not a political podcast. Sorry, Connor. That's <laughs> um, allowed. <laughs> moving on. Uh, so Christmas Eve, 1945, the family had gathered to celebrate together. So the family consisted of George and Jenny, obviously the parents, and then 10 children. One of them was at war, though, so he wasn't at the house. Um, so they were 12-year-old Martha, 8-year-old Jenny, 5-year-old Betty, 14-year-old Maurice, 9-year-old Lewis, 23-year-old John, 16-year-old George Jr., 2-year-old Sil... Sylvia, I was going to say Sylvia, I don't know why. Sylvia, Kamala, <laughs> and 17 year old Marion. I'm so annoyed about how you read those out. Why? It wasn't alphabetical order, it wasn't age order. Yeah, I thought you were ever. doing age, and then I was like, what? No, <laughs> do you know why? It's because I kept on, I found these in like multiple different Different articles like you heard me didn't you go I'm missing a child which (laughs) child is it it's Martha (laughs) no I have Martha (laughs) and so because I pulled them like that and then I was going to rearrange them and then you turned up and then I was making cocktails and then I didn't so apologies that was really difficult to do (laughs) um so that night at 12 30 the phone rang and woke Jenny Jenny the mother not Jenny the child the black. (laughs) J-Lo just comes out in the 1940s like is that phone I hear (laughs) Um, so the caller was a woman whose voice Jenny didn't recognise and she asked for someone that Jenny had never heard of so she said it's the wrong number she said she heard laughter and like clinking glasses but I mean it's Christmas Eve so people are drinking. She said, yeah, wrong number and hung up. Went back to bed. One o'clock, so only half an hour later, she woke up again because she heard a, like a loud bang or like a thud and then a bang on the roof. So she was like, what the fuck was that? But didn't hear anything else. So went back to sleep. So after another half an hour, she woke up again, this time because she smelt smoke. So she got out of bed and saw that George's office was actually on fire and she said it was around the phone line and the fuse box. So she woke up George and he woke up his older sons because they were like sleeping the closest to them. So both the parents and four of the children, Marion, Sylvia, John and George Jr. escaped the house. They shouted upstairs to the other children, but they didn't hear anything back and they couldn't go up the stairs because they were on fire. Um, John actually, in his first police interview um, after the fire, said that he had actually been into the attic to tell his siblings that there was a fire, they had to get out, but later on changed his story and said that he just shouted up to them and didn't actually go up into the attic. Um, So efforts to save the children were weirdly complicated. So like the phone didn't work. So they had to run to a neighbour to get them to call the fire department. But there was like a problem with their phone. So somebody else had to run somewhere else and call the fire department. And because there was a war going on, they were really short staffed in the fire department. So they had to wait ages for them to actually get there. Um, in the meantime, George was like, fuck this, I want to save my children. So climbed the wall of the house and broke open one of the windows. He was intending to use a ladder to get up to the attic and you know rescue the children. But the ladder wasn't where he always kept it, like leaning against the house. It just wasn't there. Um, then he thought, oh, I've got some like trucks. I can use them to like help me get up to the attic but neither of the trucks would start 
even though earlier that day they'd been working absolutely fine. Mm. So the six people that escaped literally couldn't do anything. So they had to stand there and watch the house burn down for like 45 minutes, assuming that the other children were dead in the fire. So the fire department didn't respond until later that morning. So we're talking like nine, 10 o'clock. So that's like hours that they're Mm. just stood there, can't do anything. Um, The chief, what was his name? Chief F.J. Morris told the family that they didn't find any bones, but the search wasn't that thorough. The chief told the family to leave the site undisturbed so that like the fire marshal could conduct like a proper thorough investigation but after four days George and his wife decided that they couldn't look at this burnt out site anymore so they bulldozed it and put five feet of earth over it and said we're planting a memorial garden. How do you bulldoze a house and then add more. They must have dug. Or put literally a five foot mound over the top because it's Oh, like a full on mound. I didn't know if they were gonna like try and rebuild over it. No, they it just was decided mound. they were like, yeah, because it was understood. Burnt like almost to the ground. Mm-hmm. Because that's a very strange decision to make, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Like we don't all do rational things no. in grief, but that is very weird when the fire marshal said, just leave it and we will Wait investigate. Wait for a few days, we'll yeah. investigate. Yeah, it does seem a little bit odd, but, you know, grief is weird. Um, so the local coroner held an inquest and it was determined that the fire was an accident caused by some faulty wiring. Among the people that decided on the inquest was the man who had threatened George that his house was going to be burnt down and that his children would be destroyed. Yeah. Can you imagine it wasn't him, though? And then he sat there like, oh, shouldn't have said that. He's like, shouldn't Shit, like, that was a bad choice of words. Really, yeah, I should have used a different choice of threat. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being sat there and someone telling you and being like, oh, <laughs> it's gonna look really bad on me now, isn't it? I'll see if I can get on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> so, even though the inquest said that you know it was an accident, the family started to question the official findings. So I've got some bullet points that I think are just issues, weird issues. So they said there was an electrical problem, but the Christmas lights stayed on in the house when the fire started. So if the power had gone out, they would have the gone. Christmas lights would have gone out. Mm. Where was the ladder? What the fuck happened to the ladder? He said he always left the ladder leaning up against the side of the house. They found it, like a couple of weeks later, or a couple of days later or something, 75 feet away at the bottom of an embankment. Mm. So that's like, Weird. That's really strange. Yeah. That's not like it fell over. That's like mm. somebody hid it. Mm. So they found there was a man who had been caught stealing a block and tackle, which apparently is a kind of pulley system for like lifting heavy shit. Um, yeah, I knew that. You didn't have to tell me. <laughs> I read it and I wrote, wrote I it down. It all I was the like, time. What the fuck is a block and tackle? I've said it like twice in here and I was like, what the fuck is that? So I had to Google it. Um, the opposite of most online dating experiences. They show you a tackle and you block. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so he'd been caught or see, he'd been seen stealing something around the time of the fire. So he was identified and arrested and he admitted that, yeah, he had stole the pulley thing, but that he had nothing to do with the fire. But he did say... Oh, yeah, I cut the phone line. But why? Why would you cut the phone line? And why would you just admit to that? Like, it's weird. Plus, if he had cut the phone line, he would have had to climb up a 14-foot pole. You don't just do that on on a Saturday night. (laughs) 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 He nearly spat. 
tied string. Oh, those were the days. Because he was like, oh no, the truth's coming out. <laughs> also, why didn't the truck start? If they worked fine, and then suddenly they weren't working... I mean, there is a theory that they were so panicked that they, like, flooded the engine, which I can kind of see. Mm. Yeah, but were, though. It wasn't so easy yeah. back then either, was it, to start vehicles, especially because no. you had to have the crank handle and the... But both mm. is... Yeah. But if questionable. If not he was in one, stuff, and, like, one of the kids was in the other one, like, one of the older sons, possibly, possibly. Mm. But, yeah, still strange. Um, who was the lady that called? Mm. See, that to me sounds more conspiracy theory when when she said, is blah 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 there? No, can hear laughing in the background. Probably someone pissed at a party, mm. had the wrong number. And, and did a three this. instead of an eight or something. Yeah, and then... yeah but it was that. Uh, was it actually? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love if it was a three instead of an eight. <laughs> can you imagine? It was me. <laughs> no, it says that the investigators found it because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it would have still been um, operated. Yeah, I was just gonna go. You know, those those Head ladies. Yeah, would have been, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so they would have. It would have been fairly easy to track. Um, yeah, and yeah, they confirmed that it had just been a wrong oh, number. Yeah. Um, but God. still, a weird thing. Imagine you're doing your brain. Because you look like you've gone through uh, this in a minute. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, also, why were there no bones found? This is the one that yeah. I think is yeah the most kind of... So, in a crematorium, they usually burn bodies at like 1,090 degrees for like two hours. Yeah. And even then, you get some little bits of bone mm-hmm. left over. This house was on fire for like 45 minutes. It was a wood fire, mm-hmm. so it couldn't have got that hot. Mm. Where were where were the bones? Yeah, you see horror. You see like horrific images from like plane crashes, or even from stuff like around nine eleven, where people mm. have burned for ages. Yeah, and they're just you know they're still skin even, but it's just yeah. You'd expect there to be like some skeleton remains. Um, but actually, that is now we're happy. Um, that's probably quite a good time happy. for a break before I uh, do some more conspiracy. We love it. We love a conspiracy. Yay. Listeners, grab a shot for shots of the head. I have no idea what we're doing yet, but we will have posted it on the thing, so you'll know already. <laughs> I could murder a cocktail. Oh, mine's going to keep making noise. Well, I don't know why you started when I was still on the floor. So I'm just used to Ellie staying on the floor and she presses the <laughs> She's like, not worth getting up. <laughs> I'm a floor gremlin. Okay, so, um, we've all got our shots to the head. Molly, what is it? It is a mix of vodka and Earl Grey infused guantra. I did not know that's what it was. What did you... I knew well, I wanted Earl, to like, drink the Earl Grey infused Quantro, and I was like, yeah. you said it's going to be a bit strong, isn't it? So you mixed it with 40% alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I say that like it's a problem. I looked at Ellie because I knew she'd be like, yeah, so? And so what? It smells gorgeous. It literally smells like it, Earl Grey and Quantro. Yeah. Neither of them are overpowered. Mm, that smells lovely. good. <sighs> Give us the shot to the head. Right, so our shot to the head today is not a murder, it's a suicide. Oh. It's not thrilling, but it, well, no, it's not, suicide's never fun, but this is thrilling. So, Daniel John O'Brien, 31, in, on the 14th of January, 1990, committed suicide by jumping, um, so he, so he scaled two fences naked, uh, both fences had barbed wire on top, he fought off four security guards, commandeered a four-wheel drive vehicle onto, an air, onto a um, runway, uh, which he drove into the jet sitting on the runway and jumped <gasps> into the jet engine. No! I don't even have words. Oh my god. That makes me feel like really. Oh! So weird, isn't it? Though? You know those like 
videos, like the funny videos, that, like the cartoons that they show, and they're like, oh, look, it's a, this is what would happen if a bird got sucked in the engine. Yeah. No? No, you... What the fuck? Are you saying that like it's normal? No, you've seen them. You said yes like it's normal. Well, That's not normal. Funny cartoons, I went, yeah, there's like birds, engines. Oh, <laughs> okay. I think we inhabit different parts of the internet. But no, like, um, there's like... A, I'm sure there's like a joke in Chicken Run about it, and there's like yeah, it's it's a thing that like they do sometimes. I'm older than you. I've obviously seen more shit than you. I've seen some dark <laughs> things in my time. Yeah, probably because when you were a kid, planes had propellers and you had to watch out. <laughs> you, you had, had to, to stand to, away. <laughs> to start playing, you had to run really fast. <laughs> there was someone stood on the side pushing the propellers, trying to get it to turn. Yeah, I was that person that had to like get really good at running in a straight line just to get the plane going. Okay, now we've uh, seen into my brain. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, my dears. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry, I wasn't holding the handle. Hold the handle. E. <laughs> oh, that that's lovely. amazing. That's like orange green tea. Green tea, Earl Grey. Mm. It's... It kind of tastes like a sweet. Yeah. Mm. How often do we say this? Fuck's sake. Yeah. What is it? We should do, we should, we should have merch, just cocktails inspired by sweets, and sweets inspired by cocktails. <gasps> but it'll, but we, we have can't it on tell a, you which cocktail we'll it is. <laughs> what sweet is this? Yeah. It tastes like a sweet, but I can't tell you which Ooh. one. <laughs> the vapor's falling out my boobs. <clears throat> That's not where you're meant to keep it. Well, I'm wearing a sports bra, so it's quite a good shelf for it. Oh no, my laptop's cool. Okay. Part does. Yes. So, we left it with some strange conspiracies. So, after the fire, like in the sort of months after, witnesses started to come forward saying that they had evidence. I've put evidence in inverted commas. Always. Or inverted quotes. Inverted commas. No, inverted commas, yeah. Quotes yeah. are inverted commas. In quotes or inverted commas. Both. I did English. Um, so one of them, so a bus driver said that he had seen people throwing balls of fire at the house. Remember? Remember? She got woken up by a big loud thud. And mm. A, mm. Could that have been like a grenade or some shit? Wouldn't it have made a bigger bang if it was a grenade? Molotov cocktails, more likely. Yeah. Something that's already on fire, because grenades aren't balls of fire. Otherwise, you'd be in, you'd be in trouble if it was already fire by the time it left your hand. <laughs> 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 My hand's on fire. It's the price you go pay. <laughs> yeah. So something like or um, what well, I saw it written as like a a pineapple bomb or something i don't know i'd never heard of it so that, i didn't put it in sounds like a cocktail we're gonna do it <laughs> that's a shot to the head i do <laughs> um so a, a woman claimed that she had seen some of the children in like the back of a car being driven away from the fire i wrote it as driving away from the fire that's not implying that the children were driving <laughs> themselves <laughs> Um, another woman claimed to have served them breakfast at a rest stop, um, saying that they were accompanied by a man and a woman. Um, she also said that she noticed a car in the parking lot with Florida license plates that she thought was suspicious. Okay. So as we've established on this show, Florida men are always suspicious. (laughs) I'm going to drink one of my three cocktails now. Um... So, George was, like, obviously devastated. His kids are dead or missing. He doesn't know what's happened to them. So he tried to get the FBI involved. Because he's weird they had the FBI back then, you know? Yeah, when was the FBI established? Because when did you say this was, like, the 1940s or something? Like, the FBI. (laughs) That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, they've been around for a while, though. I know, but now you think of the FBI and you think, like, men in black and laser Mm. pens, and probably then it was just, like, two guys. Maybe they wore suits? (laughs) 1908. Whoa! Oh, my God. It has a budget annually of 
Nine billions. Uh, nine billion seven hundred million. Do they come under the military? <laughs> Not even ten budget. Oh, the military budget's like seven hundred billion. Yeah, but do, are they a subsidy of the military budget? I don't believe I so. I thought so. No, that's separate. That's just <laughs> fucked then. Like what? They come under justice. Um. Yeah. So he tries to get the FBI involved because he thought that the kids were kidnapped. So he was like, "This is a job for the FBI." Um. So the director of the FBI at the time, J. Edgar Hoover, the only FBI director I think most of us could name. Mm-hmm. Wait, so he's already been president at this point? Different guy. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was him. No, Herbert Hoover. Yeah, different guy. What? Maybe they were related. Oh, I don't know J. Edgar Hoover then again. Is he the one that... Um, isn't there a film about him that, like, Leonardo DiCaprio plays him or something? You're going to have to cut all this out because this makes us all sound really stupid. Or mm. it makes me sound stupid anyway. Is he the one that was found to be a cross-dresser? Mm. Oh, that would be interesting. Are you Googling him? Oh, there were rumours that he was homosexual, but that's because he was living with his mother in his early 40s, which... <laughs> Wouldn't we all if we had the choice? <laughs> I'm nearly there. Uh, yeah, no, no, they're definitely gay. <laughs> Hoover describes his friend Tulson as his alter ego. The men worked closely together during the day, and both single frequently took meals, went to nightclubs, and vacationed together. <laughs> friends. <laughs> uh, right, no, this is why we know him. There is the cross-dressing story, but also kept a large collection of pornographic material for possibly the world's largest mm. in order to blackmail celebrities into towing the line when it came to the US government. So he was in when they had the Red Scare, where they where they started blacklisting um, people who were known communists. Or known to like associate with communists. Oh, that's how I knew sneaky. Him. We could cover that on an episode. So we'll yeah, I feel like we should. Yeah, yeah, cut that whole thing out. Um, so our favourite FBI director, J. Edgar Hoover. Who's he? <laughs> oh, the president. <laughs> Do I have to cut that again now? Um, so he personally responded to George's letters, which is like very unusual at the time. Sorry. Molly. Um, so he wrote back to him and said, although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of local character and does not come within the investigative, investigative jurisdiction of this bureau. If you the, said bureau weird, did you hear that? I'm thinking the euro. <laughs> I think I was just trying to like get my head around investigative. And yeah. then, like, and then bureau and then came sneaking <laughs> through the back. <laughs> I'm like here. <laughs> 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 oh, oh God. I'm got really hot now. Do you feel hot? No. I think you actually all... feel quite tepid. <laughs> I think it's all the, the, it's all the smoky jalapenos <laughs> kicking you. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So... He didn't want to get involved, essentially. Um, and he said they would get involved if the local police asked them to. But the police were like, no thanks, we got it covered. They didn't. Um, so George Sodder and his wife, in August 1949, persuaded... Persuaded? Oh, God, I can't talk now. Persuaded. <laughs> My tongue is on fire. Stop drinking! No. The thing is, <laughs> you're only halfway through one cocktail. Of three. And you've still got two lined up, so I'm scared to see you in a couple of hours. Oh, it's fine. Hang on. Oh, yeah, another sip of a cocktail. <laughs> that will help. <laughs> so they persuaded a pathologist to supervise a new suit. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> he's laughing. It was just curious. The persuaded, there was like, they persuaded a pathologist. <laughs> like, what's a pathologist? What's a pathologist? 
So they looked through the dirt at what was the house site, which was now a garden. Um, they found a dictionary that they said belonged to one of the children, um, and they found some coins. I don't know why I put that in, but they did. Um, but they also found several small bone fragments, and they looked at them and said, okay, it kind of looks like it's come from like a human vertebrae, which is like a backbone, right? Yeah. Um, so they were sent to a specialist at the Smith... Smithsonian. That's the one. Shut up, you know the answer. <laughs> you can't say these words. Well, I don't know why you do it, because you're just going to read half and we have to guess the other half of the story. So I can remember me used to let me write my own stories as a kid at bedtime. We'd just be like, and then he, and we'd be like, jumped <laughs> off of a building. I love these. Carry on. <laughs> Didn't we play that? Oh no, was it just me and Joe? On the way to Florida... Oh. We played Consequences. Yeah. And uh, I still got some upstairs of very strange stories. The more whiskey we drank, the stranger <laughs> the stories got. Um, yeah, so they said, yes, it was human vertebrae. They decided that it was likely to be from the same, all from the same person. But they also noted that the bones didn't show any sign of being exposed to fire which they thought was obviously really strange. If you're burnt down to the bone, mm. the bone is going to show some kind of evidence Damage, of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but nothing nothing was found. And like I said earlier, because it was a wood fire that burnt for, you know, like 45 minutes. I mean, it, it kind of smouldered and it, it did sort of carry on for a bit longer. But yeah, the, big... the fire brigade still turned up later on. So. Yeah, but like the blaze of it only really went on for about 45 minutes or an hour so you would still have pretty intact skeletons so mm. it was very strange so they gave the bones back to uh, well they say they gave the bones back to the family but there's then no record of what actually happened to them whether they did or or what happened so the uh, the family printed flyers that had pictures of all of the missing children they offered a $5,000 reward that they then, in later years, doubled for anyone that had any information. And in 1952, they put up a billboard at what was the site of the house and another one um, on Route 60 that had pictures of the children and like a paragraph basically appealing for information. I'll show you a photo in a minute. It's very eerie. That's actually how I found this story is from a photo of the billboard so because of you know the flyers and the billboard and stuff loads of rumors kind of came out people said oh yeah i saw them here or this happened um but nothing was kind of clear-cut evidence yes we definitely saw a child or multiple of the children um so george died in 1969 still believing that his children were out there somewhere. Uh, Jenny and the remaining children continued to campaign and seek answers about what had happened to the other children. Um, she wore black, like she wore like kind of mourning dress um, from the fire until she died and still tended to like the garden that they had created for the children. So she died in 1989. And then I'm just, I found this when I thought I was done researching. You know, when I turned to you and I went, yeah. I'm done. Then I found this paragraph that just was an extra strange. So the surviving children have theorised that the Sicilian Mafia were involved. Okay. So allegedly... The Sicilian Mafia were trying to extort money from George and the children may have been taken by someone that knew that there was going to be a fire, as in they had like planned the fire, and had maybe taken the kids back to Italy. Okay. I just, I find it all very, this one, I'm, 
kind of struggling with a lot in the theories just because the children were supposedly sleeping in the attic at the very start of this and the family were stood outside watching the house burn at least what so the three four eldest kids got out uh no so two of the older kids oh, the baby one was in the war yeah so the four yeah. four kids got out one of them was a baby okay so there were at least five people who were old enough and had you know, would remember someone running into the house, running up into the attic, and then taking the children out whilst they were watching the house burn. No, but maybe they took them before they set. The what they're yeah. saying is, if the kids were in the attic, so that's when she had that plan. Okay. You wouldn't know if they had already taken them. And maybe would, that's yeah. why the ladder was missing. Yeah. What do you think happened? I don't really know. Um, when I first saw it, I was like, they obviously died in the fire. But having kind of looked into it now, like it, it's strange that they never found bones. I mean, yeah, okay, they, they found some bones, but they didn't have any kind of evidence of fire, which is strange. And the yeah. fact there's one set, only one part of the body. Yeah, there was no skulls or anything. Mm. Like, but how old was the oldest child that would have died? Uh, like nine? No, older. Um, 14 or 16, isn't it? 16? So if he had been taken, no, sorry, 14, I think, if he'd been taken or had gone somewhere, he would remember his previous life. Well, like it's not like when you think of like Maddie McCann or somewhere taken at <laughs> such a young age, if she was somewhere else, she wouldn't. you wouldn't remember anyway, that you'd know, yeah. wouldn't you? But then, so there's a theory that if they were taken by the mafia, and I'm not saying this happened, but the theory is, but the theory is that the children that like had them survived but wouldn't talk to their family because they were worried that then the mafia would, would go back, yeah, go back and yeah i i do find the mafia a bit far-fetched just because of where it is yeah it's west virginia i thought you were gonna say scary and i was like same <laughs> oh, yeah. mafia are terrifying but like where it is is just a bit like, there were probably yeah. plenty, plenty of people in America of Italian descent or otherwise did not like Mussolini at this point. Yeah. If it was, if he was the lone dissenter, I'd get it, but I'm sure plenty of, I know he was very vocal about it, but it just, to me, doesn't sound worth, maybe they were, maybe they were into their melodramatics and they're, oh, let's just send some people from Sicily, like, let's just. Or maybe, maybe the parents sent the kids off to be safe, mm. set the house on fire, surely they got insurance money. Well, they got something. And they pretended to look for them for the pretended next to look for them, had years. contact with them, but had mm. to live in a different country or town or mm. state or something. I'd love it if this is where Ellie goes. And actually, they solved it, so here's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is still unsolved. Um, but I just want to end on... So Sylvia, who was the, the youngest, so she was two at the time of the fire, she actually died in 2021, oh. 2021, this year. Um, which is why this suddenly came back because I, I had seen this ages ago um, but it got retweeted onto my Twitter feed the other day and so I was like oh okay I'll look at this I say the other day weeks ago when we decided these um, so she says the fire was her earliest memory and she still believed that her siblings survived the night and she had uh, so her daughter said in, in an interview in 2006, she promised my grandparents she wouldn't let the story die. She would do everything she could. Mm. So it's kind of like, regardless of the conspiracy theories and stuff, it's more, I think, the clo- the lack of closure. Yeah, yeah. that's got to be so Whether hard. they were kidnapped or they died or, you know, they ran away... Like, it's never easy, whatever the outcome, but if they'd have had an outcome, they could have mourned it. Yeah. Whether it be kidnapping, whether it be them alive, whether it be them dead, you would be able to process it. And it won't always be easier, but it would be something that you could eventually lay to rest, but you would never have that. Mm. It must be so hard. And there were some very real people at the heart of it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's got to be so strange to like have 10 siblings and then you've got three yeah like that's got to be nine siblings and then yeah that's got to just be 
you know, that's overnight. And that's that's Christmas. Yeah. You know, that that's what? forever. You covering horrible family murders at Christmas? Who'd have thunk? Yeah, sorry, that was Shotgun doing the Christmas episode this year. Oh, if there's a murder in it, I'm going to kill you myself. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. But like, I always pick ones that I think are really interesting. They're just quite depressing. Yeah. No one says they're not interesting, Ellie. They, we just say that when we leave, it's hard to digest. <laughs> That's why I make you drink wine hey, with me Cannibal Week ended last week. <laughs> <laughs> no digestion. Everyone loves Cannibal Week. <laughs> cannibal Week forever. <laughs> I wish every week were Cannibal Week. <laughs> so, on that depressing note, would you like to cheer us up with a Florida man? I will cheer you up with a Florida man. It is one of my favourites. Yeah. I, I say this you quite often. You literally say that every week. Every, every, week, week, like every single week. At some point I'm going to go, oh, that's shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Florida man for the 12th of May. 12th of May? Yes. Do you mean the 12th of June? Fuck, but it's really good. That's fine, Just read it anyway. Florida man for the 12th of May. June, June, June. <laughs> Florida man arrested after praising the Lord while highway surfing his Cadillac. <laughs> State troopers recently arrested a Florida man who was caught trying to live out his Titanic movie fantasies and make his heart go on moving atop uh, at of a moving vehicle. Local news affiliates reported that they arrested Leonard Olson, 70, after an off-duty deputy... <laughs> Caught in one video attempting to surface Cadillac while travelling on the highway with cruise control enabled. Yes! <laughs> the deputy first noticed Olsen's Cadillac going more than 100 miles per hour, <gasps> when it abruptly slowed down to just 40. Then Olsen supposedly opened the sunroof, propped himself up on top of his moving car while travelling on the interstate. Um, following the event, the deputy called for on duty reinforcements, to which Florida Highway Patrol responded. He pulled over a few minutes later. He said, I thought it would be a nice way to praise God for a minute. And I thought it would be nice at the time, and that's what I did. Um, when also was apprehended, he was quoted saying he'd rather go to jail than go back home. My wife treats me like a servant, and she's the mistress. Also continued, lock me up, I'd rather go to jail than back home. So he was charged with reckless driving and booked at Polk County Jail. Do you know what I like is that, like, oh, I thought it would be nice in this moment. If we all just did what we thought would be nice in that moment, yeah. like, I work nine to five, but I often think, do you know what would be nice in this moment? Getting in the hot tub and having a glass of wine. You can't just do what you think would be nice. <laughs> Wouldn't life be better in some ways if we all just went, that would be nice. Let's yeah, do that. it. Yeah, of course yeah. it would. But that's not life. If we all started doing it, though, it would have to be life. Mm. They can't stop us all. <laughs> They can't arrest all of us. I mean, they can have a good go. Yeah, they probably would. There's only three of us. <laughs> There's a lot more police than that in the area. <laughs> There's only three of us. <laughs> Just the three of us. We can hot tub if we try. Not allowed to. Your hot tub's too small for a... Uh, can't be six feet away from you in a hot tub. I don't get also, it. So the water's a bit... Transmitted. chilling in a hot tub. Is it? Is it? I'm pretty sure. It's got glory in it. Okay, you just have to cut this whole bit about the hot tub out anyway. Anyway. Because you don't want people to think you're in the hot tub with us. So I got a joke that's a bit religiously insensitive, a joke that's a bit too political, and then a joke you can just keep in if you don't want to keep the other two in. Okay, let's go for it. Any preference on what I start with? Uh, Religiously insensitive, please. Roses are red, violets are red, sunflowers are red. Holy shit, my garden's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
And that was a series of bad jokes. Thank you very oh, much, Molly. listeners, just one bad <laughs> joke. <laughs> if you want to know the others, hit me up privately. <laughs> In the DMs. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, as always. We appreciate your continued enthusiasm. Uh, um, what, what's, the call, what's it called, the thing you do with the video? Reels. Reels. I thought so. I was like... <laughs> God, who's the old one in I was this like, room? There's so many now. The thing on the I, Instagram. I, I, I was, I was like, the sto- thing that we do. I was you like, know the thing? It's like stories. The no, moving freaks. pictures. Oh. The talkies. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Our fleet was really successful last week. And lots of people were Real. It's the Twitter one. It's a Twitter story, isn't it? No fleets. Yeah, a Twitter story oh, yeah, is yeah, called yeah, a bleep, yeah. but it's not even a story. Oh. We're talking about a reel. Ah. <laughs> the, vi- the video, the video film that Molly made was the pictures that move. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was real. I With reached the in. <laughs> yeah, that video thing—it was successful. So fucking what? <laughs> Say it properly. So real. Yeah. So the reel was really. Really successful. <laughs> no. So thanks all for watching that. Keep I should share, encourage him. Keep sharing the content if you enjoy so other people can watch and keep listening. It's a bye-bye from me. Bye. Bye. Your turn, Ellie. Oh, it's time no. Ellie. You've never done it. You need it. to do it, Al. I'm not fucking touching it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> person in the world. Just do it. Come on. Oh, so much chilli. <laughs> that wasn't a... Look, there's so much jello. I Could Murder a Cocktail is an independent podcast produced by Ellie Layden, Molly Dacey and Connor Hall. Researched by Ellie Layden and Molly Dacey and edited by Connor Hall.